Uh, Emily, this I'm going to start talking about something. Okay, you better. Okay, good. Because otherwise, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, mm, I don't know. We got to talk about... Oh, wow. This is going to be a long episode, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. Well, no, Kyle, since we're in the podcast, we should talk about what we talk about on the podcast. No. Okay. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to Butternut Parts. Hey, I'm everybody. Kyle Imperator. Who are you? Who are you? I'm Emily Moyers, and, and we're just going to jump right into the word because suddenly we're in a rush. <gasps> Got to get it done. Got to get it done. That's the song I wrote just now. Okay. It's already out of my brain, so don't ask me to repeat it. <laughs> I won't, Kyle. <laughs> Are you ready for the word right now? Yeah. Real quick. Yeah, what's the word? Yeah, real quick. What's the word, Emily? All right, Kyle. Your word for this week is squint. <gasps> S-Q-U-I-N-T. S-Q-U-I-N-T? Yep. Uh, what? <laughs> Emily, yeah. squint. Squint. I mean, is this a, a little trick? known word that am no I one's ever a, heard before? Am I on a game show? Is somebody going <laughs> to carabiner down from the ceiling (laughs) (laughs) no kyle just tell me what you think the word means i mean i was under the assumption that (laughs) a to squint meant to close your eyes real tight but not tight enough that you can't see anything uh, you are correct, but that is not the definition we're looking for today the definition we're looking for today is a noun a noun Yep, a squint. Something's a squint. That, that's what you say when you're like in a you you're in a horror movie, but like a Dr. Seuss horror movie. Something's a squint here. <laughs> oh, we're going to come back to that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, do you want a hint, Kyle? I want a squint hint, please. Uh, let me give you a squint hint. Another word for a squint is a hagioscope or a hagioscope. And if you think back, that prefix hagio might be familiar to you. It is familiar to me. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hagio, we all know. I mean, it's just we common know. knowledge that it Absolutely. has to do with the saints. It does. Well, the, it, it has the football to do team. with things that are holy. Oh, holy. Okay, so this is something that lets you find the holes in Swiss cheese. Not quite. Okay, so this is... So are, are we saying... So this is a, a... Hagioscope is a synonym for a squint? It is. I will give you one more guess. Okay. Uh, uh, can I guess the language of origin of squint? Or can I have that? As of squint? Uh, Middle English. Hmm. From okay. originally Dutch. Oh, that helps me none. I mean, it helps me know that I'm, I've am i got nowhere to go from here. Here's my last guess. Uh, right. Hagioscope is, oh, is it a like a telescope to try and see God? <laughs> That's a better guess, uh, but incorrect. Emily, tell me what a squint is. A squint is a small opening or window in a church wall. 
also called a hagioscope. Why, though? (laughs) So I know that's super vague. We're going to get into specifics later because windows like this were used in a few different contexts, but they are like specific contexts. So it's in it's in the walls in a wall in a church. Yeah. Like leading to the outside or like between rooms. Well, both. Okay. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Let's first okay. talk about uh, some etymology. Okay, yeah, please. So the, the etymology of hagioscope, we already sort of mentioned, that word actually formed within English in the 1800s and was a combination of word segments that already existed in English. The first was hagio or hagio. It is pronounced both ways. I didn't know that in the last time I talked about this prefix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is borrowed from a Latin stem meaning holy or relating to saints and then scope is a suffix in both latin and greek meaning to look at or examine and in english it was a lot of times used in the name of scientific instruments like a microscope or a telescope right 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 i'm trying to get ahead of the ball and see where you're going with this (laughs) well uh, they just came together to mean a window that you looked at holy things through Okay. All right. I see. I see. I see. You know? Okay. But now to talk about squint. So this definition of squint, meaning a window, did evolve out of the definition that you alluded to, the one that everybody knows. Like with your eyes. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about where that word comes from. The original English word was actually a squint with an A in (gasps) front of it. (gasps) Oh! A squint. Yeah, a squint. (laughs) It formed in Middle English around the 1600s and was used specifically as an adverb and an adjective, as in to look a squint, which it meant to look sideways, or sometimes like with eyes a squint, meaning with eyes pointed sideways. I love a squint. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. If you were in a horror movie and you felt like something was like off kilter, You'd say, this feels a squint. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So we're not 100% sure where that word originates, but the sort of leading theory... originates. Yeah. Yeah. The leading theory that the OED cites is that it formed out of a Dutch word, which I think it's pronounced... <laughs> just Emily, you just gotta gird your loins, all right? Just, <laughs> just you've it. got overalls, you gotta pull those straps up, all right? Yep. And you gotta take in a deep breath, a deep so like your torso get you know just grows real big, like you're gonna blow wind out, like the big bad wolf, <laughs> and just just mm-hmm. let it all out. All right, ready? Here's the, here's the Dutch word, schunte mm-hmm. <gasps> or schunte. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. The Dutch word, I'm going to say it more Americanized now, shunta, that meant slope or slant and was combined with the prefix a dash, which was used in a lot of different ways. But in this context, it meant it like modified it to mean at a slant. Okay, sure. So a squint just meant like at an angle or something. Diagonally. And then as time went on, this word underwent a process called a thesis which is another grammatical process similar to the many which you described in our last episode. That is freaking crazy, Emily. Isn't that crazy? I was listening to you rattle off all those words, and I was like, oh my gosh, wait until we get to mine. (laughs) Seth did say earlier that we're on the same page, so... (laughs) That's right, we were super on the same page this week. So a thesis is 
uh, a linguistics term for the loss of an initial unstressed vowel. Wow. Yeah. Like literally the opposite of what you were I talking am about. Going <laughs> nuts now. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Ephesus. Yeah. Like E P H Esis. A P H. A P H. Ephesus. Oh wow. Ephesus. And this can refer to when it's done on purpose, like you know, in poetry, if someone says for instead of before. Or things like that. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. Or it can refer twixt. to when it just twixt, sure, instead of betwixt. But it can also refer to when it happens just out of usage, um, such as squint from a squint or spy from a spy or special from a special. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So a squint formed into the word squint, which still initially was just used as an adjective and an adverb and then later extended to the verb to squint, which meant to look sideways. And then the noun a squint, which meant a sideways look. So... A squint meant a sideways look, like looking to your side. That wasn't look, yeah, like... like looking out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you here. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Love it. Now, this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> okay. So in terms of when squint extended to mean a small window in a church wall, the earliest written records that are in the OED, at least, are all from the 1800s. So first of all, the windows that we're going to talk about definitely existed way before that. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're right. commonly found in churches built in like the Middle Ages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the clay hut churches. <laughs> <laughs> but second of all, it looks like the word squint was used in this context way before the 1800s too. I have here a quote from an architectural book called A Concise Glossary of Terms Used in Grecian, Roman, Italian, and Gothic Architecture. Oh, Fancy. which was written by a man named John Henry Parker in 1888. And he has an entry for squint in which he talks about what they are and where they're found. And he says, quote, While there seems to be no good or ancient authority for the name squint applied to these openings, it has been long in use and has priority to the name of hagioscope, which has of late been applied to them. Okay. So... There's just no evidence of when squint was used to refer to this window, That's but it definitely crazy. was way before hagioscope. That's interesting. Wow. I mean, was this guy like, was he like a somebody who built churches that he was able to get all of this information together? I mean, either he built them or he spent a lot of time studying he, them. Because he destroyed his... churches. <laughs> he destroyed that was churches. His, but, but he really was like, wow, if you take these apart, there's really something he to it. <laughs> He's the Godzilla of Gothic architecture. Yeah. Very intrigued by it. <laughs> oh, now I'm picturing a Godzilla made of Gothic architecture. Oh, way better. Gothzilla. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we know a little, we know bit nothing about squint is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, we don't know a lot about the etymology, but now let's talk about the windows themselves. Because I know I was vague earlier, but... So uh, vague. We're... <laughs> I'm picturing the uh, I'm picturing the windows. Okay, ready. I'm picturing yeah. the windows shaped like squinting human eyes. <laughs> like there's two. You know what I mean? So you actually like put your like you put your face up to it. Like when a bad guy in Scooby Doo is trying to watch <laughs> the gang in the mansion. <laughs> yeah, and they just put two squinty eyes in a portrait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, but let's let's talk about church architecture for a second here. Why not, Kyle? Do you? 
Do you know any names for like the different areas in a church? Uh, yes. The choir is at the northern oh. end of a cruciform <laughs> church. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. <laughs> you do know that. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, I think that's about all I know, though. No, I might know wow. some other things, but not off the top of my head. So let's. I'm first going to rattle off a couple other words here. Okay. Pe- pepperoni. <laughs> Spinach. <laughs> Mausoleum. <laughs> How about transept, Kyle? You know that one? Oh, transept. T-R-A-N-C-E-P-T? S-E-P-T. No, I have no idea. So the transept is like a lot of churches were kind of vaguely cross-shaped, and the transept was like the side arm that juts out. Cruciform. Yes, in a cruciform church. Interesting. It was, okay. It was like the Wait, side. The si- one side or both? I think either side. I'm pretty gotcha. sure. Okay. And in certain old churches in like the Middle Ages and probably after that, the transept was where people of a higher social class would sit during the mass separate from the rest of the congregation. Like the balcony seats. (laughs) Basically is like the nosebleeds, but still on ground level. (laughs) They get, do they get like opera glasses? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, what they got was a squint. Oh, sure. So the area at like the head of the church, the main, you know, the area that has the choir and then the main altar just beyond that, that is called Mm -hmm. the chancel. And historically, only the clergy and the choir were allowed in that area. Okay. So typically, the chancel was kind of partitioned off by like a railing or an archway or something like that. I want you to know that I'm gesticulating a lot, given that no one can see (laughs) No, 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 no. We can hear that you're just... (laughs) Emily, all we hear on our side is... I don't know why you're gesticulating with, I don't know, Legos in your hands. <laughs> well, I'm doing it all up against the mic. I'm just rubbing my hand yeah, up yeah, against yeah, yeah, the yeah. microphone. <laughs> as ASMR as possible. Yeah. So there was this kind of like archway in front of the chancel, and the people in the main congregation could see through the archway just fine, but the people sitting off in the transept to the side all they could see was that wall that's on oh, the side of the archway. Right, <laughs> of course. So there would be a little, a hole, a little window carved into that wall. Just don't build the building that way. (laughs) Well, I think the other reason the wall was there for like structural purposes so that the middle of the roof doesn't cave in. I guess. You had to have a million like columns and arches in those old buildings. (laughs) Interesting. Because they had no other way to keep the roof up. Right, yeah. All right. Um, Jeff, get on up there. You're holding the roof up today. Oh, hold it. How? Is he on a big ladder? <laughs> well, actually, uh, they like, they like, okay, so they call up a name Jeff, and all of the Jeffs have to stand on top of each other. <laughs> but so there would be a little window carved into the wall, but because people were looking through it like caddy corner from the transept, it wasn't carved straight through. It was like at an angle which is why it was called a squint, because a squint meant like a sideways look. Sure. Oh, my God. So squints, if you find like old pictures of them, they're all at like a steep angle through the wall. I just want to I just want to make it clear. I am still picturing Scooby-Doo villain eyes. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. No, it is. It's bigger than that. But it's it's still it. Most of them weren't big enough 
to see like the whole mass. They probably couldn't see the entire sort of procession, but gotcha. it was particularly important for worshipers to see what's called the elevation of the host, which is the part of mass where the priest raises up the body of Christ over his head, the bread. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the squint would be specifically positioned to give a view of the high altar where the elevation of the host would be. Sure, sure, sure. So they would just see that, which was like the most important bit to see. Sure. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's like the most common, like like when you look up the word squint, that is like the most common context that mm-hmm. you'll get directed to. There's another type of window I found that is similar but slightly different. Uh, it's something called a leper's squint. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Please tell me. Please tell me, Emily, this is about... Like a feline church. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. L-E-P-E-R. A leper's squint, also called a leper window or a low side window. Those poor guys. They got enough to worry about. They got to get their own (laughs) windows. All right. Tell me about the leper's squint. It it is kind of possibly that they needed their own window. A, A leper window was a small window in the exterior wall of a church. And we're not, like, 100% sure of the purpose of these windows. Uh, just to be like, hey, you gotta stay outside, but... Well, yeah. So the reason that they're called leper squints or leper windows was because a possible purpose was to allow lepers or other infectious people to watch the mass from outside. Uh, so yeah. with this... Wait, so you said the other squints were set at a higher elevation to see the altar. They were kind of angled so that you could see it. Yeah. Oh, they were angled. So like from outside, you just you're like really looking up. Well, yes, the other term for these windows was a low side window, and they're called that because they're literally low down on the church wall so that people at ground level outside can oh my look God. through them. You just got to yeah. lie down on your back and look up. <laughs> Well, like the church, like the inside of the church is like up a couple steps. So sure. at ground level, you're already standing a little bit lower. So sure. there'd be or, like... There'd I guess be you like could just big... plant your feet into the ground a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> there'd be like the big fancy windows with the stained glass. And, you know, those are meant to like let in light into the church. And then just underneath that, there'd be a little tiny window. <laughs> I mean, I just don't like that the idea the that <laughs> I am in the church and there's somebody peeking in next to me. <laughs> You know, and you know it's like yeah. an ill person. Yeah. Some of that could, like, I don't know, stick something through the slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they were they were usually not glazed with glass. They were usually shuttered because the lepers would also sometimes like give confession through the window to the priest inside. Okay, that's fair. God, yeah. just from the outside a building. God, so impersonal. <laughs> We're not 100% sure that's what they were for. These windows have also been called lychnoscopes, L-Y-C-H-N-O scope. Lichno, lichno. Yeah, which I think, well, I think it's a Harry Potter magic device. (laughs) A lychnoscope. No, lychnoscope comes from the Greek root lychnos, which means lamp, because another possible purpose for these windows was just so that people could see whether or not there was a light on in the church. All right. Oh, that makes a lot of sense peek through the lychnoscope and say, oh, there's a candle burning. Somebody's in there. I like that a lot. That's that's that's, that's like a cute alternate definition. Yeah, that. that's a nice yeah. one. So there's one other context I found where you see the word squint, and that was in religious seclusion. There was a particular type of Christian monk called an anchorite. 
or an anchoress in the feminine, which comes from progressive, yet another, <laughs> uh, which comes from yet another Greek word, anachorio, which meant to withdraw. And an anchorite was someone who withdrew from secular life to focus on prayer and asceticism. What's the anchor part? Is that A-N-C-O-R? A-N-C-H-O-R. Oh, so like drop an anchor. Yes, but it meant to withdraw. And this was different from other types of like monasticism or hermitage because anchorites took a vow of stability, which meant a vow to stay in one place. And they spent their lives in an enclosed cell attached to a church. Okay, so they're like... I'm gonna be. I am gonna be a prisoner for God. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I want this. Okay, interesting. Wait, are you trying to tell me that they were closed off entirely and could only speak to others through a squinty window? <laughs> <laughs> so, in their cell, which was also called an anchor hold, which I think is very fun. It was typically like butted up against the exterior wall of a church and the anchor hold would typically have three windows in it. One was a window on the exterior wall covered with a cloth to let in light. There was one small window on the interior where servants could pass in food and water and take out the chamber pot. And then another was a squint, which would be open during mass so that the anchorite could see, again, the altar and the elevation of the host. And then at all other times it would be shuttered closed but a lot of anchorites would give spiritual advice through the squint. They would, like, take visitors and God. talk to them. So the here's what I'm picturing, all right? Okay. Of Yeah, give me your vision. Of Okay, so one, what you just described to me is what was described to me when I took a tour of a prison in Philadelphia when they said, <laughs> when they were saying, this is what prisons were like before prison reform. So right. crazy. <laughs> Two... I'm picturing all of these monks giving confession like the neighbor from Home Improvement, Wilson. <laughs> where, I mean, do you know where this came from? Like, what part of the religion was like, oh, this is, like, good for religion? <laughs> well, I mean, there was lots of types of, like, religious hermitage, particularly in Christianity, I think. There were a lot of different sort of types of monks and hermits that... that withdrew from secular life to focus on prayer sure um, i guess yeah it i do get the impression this one is actually not the most secluded form of seclusion interesting because like some anchorites were literally walled into their cell there was no right. door but others could move freely between their cell and the rest of the church oh which is crazy so, like through, through like secret passages <laughs> i don't know or just they're a like, door i don't they're know like <laughs> phantoms of the opera yeah. Some of them had like hosts of servants that would tend to their needs. Oh, wow. um, some of the cells had like multiple rooms in them or even like a garden outside. Okay. I mean, now this sounds pretty cushy. I mean, yeah. I was thinking like, do you think there was ever some 13th century woman who just like wanted more alone time? And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be an anchoress. Sure. Why not? It sounds great. <laughs> I mean, three square meals a day. I don't got to see Jeff anymore when he complains <laughs> about holding the roof up. You know, <laughs> this is like 
prime stuff. I could tend to my garden. It's it's not bad. Yeah. So Kyle, I have one more fun fact for you before Let's we close out Squint here. Mm-hmm. There was a particular church in London called St. Helen's Bishop's Gate, which was sort of unique in that it was actually a convent and a regular parish church attached to each other. And similar to a squint in an anchor hold, there was a squint in the convent that allowed the nuns to watch the mass while still remaining isolated. Interesting. And I have a quote here about that particular squint. Oh, okay. From a recent book, actually, from 2001, called The Amateur Historian's Guide to Medieval and Tudor London by Sarah Valenti Kettler. And she says, quote, On the convent side of the church is a squint, which once allowed the nuns to observe the parish masses. This small window on secular life was apparently not enough to sate the good sisters, who eventually had to be admonished to, quote, abstain from kissing secular persons, a habit to which they had become, quote, too prone. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) The priest was like, hey, stop kissing them all. It's like a like a clique of high school girls <laughs> underneath the bleachers. So funny. They're Wait, just kissing through the squint. Through the squint? I think so. Because they were like segregated in the convent. Oh my god. But like when so people showed funny. up for mass. That is so funny. Hey, hey, before you go, um Does it come with a kiss? <laughs> does it does it come with a kiss? <laughs> Is this they were doing it of their own volition or like? Yes, they had like to be admonished were, for it. Oh, my God. So funny. They were told off for kissing people through the screen. All right. And our last. Because they had become too prone to it. <laughs> our last topic of today is you guys just you got to stop kissing through the squint. <laughs> Leave Jeffrey alone. <laughs> He's so cute, though, when he holds up the <laughs> the roof that way. <laughs> oh, Emily, love that. I love, I love, I mean, what a weird, like, I, I, I would have never imagined that Squint could have a history such as this. Yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good alternate definition. Fascinating. Fascinating. Speaking of fascinating, are you ready for a fascinating game, Kyle? <laughs> Well, I've got a good one this week. I've got a new spin on a timeless classic this week. This game is called Here Here. <gasps> H-E-R-E-H-E-R-E. Oh, my God. Oh, are these for words that sound the same and look the same? Yeah. So hey! I'm going to give you... <laughs> here, here. <laughs> Oh, God. So, Kyle... I'm going to give you a phrase or a sentence, and you're going to sum up that phrase in two homographs, which are words that are spelled the same, but mean different things. Oh, my God. I am doing (laughs) whatever the opposite of squinting is. I'm doing that right now. Your eyes are so wide. Your eyes are saucepans. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah. So if I said, for example, a sidelong glance at a small church window, you might say... A squint squint. A squint squint. (laughs) (laughs) All right, are you ready, Kyle? Yeah, I'm ready. So your first one is dots on a die in the shape of pineapple segments. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a pip-pip. It's pip-pips. 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 Everybody <laughs> listen to the pip episode. Hopefully that one's yep. out. All right. 
A raising of glasses in honor of heated bread. Uh, a toast toast. A toast toast. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> All right, you're two for two. This one is a little harder because I'm not sure if you'll know the other definition. A blended word referring to a large traveling case. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. A blended word. A blended word. Yeah. Referring to a large traveling case. So like a yeah. suitcase. We're thinking, um, oh, luggage. What are other words for traveling cases? I would think more about the blended word if you know that one. <laughs> sort of like like motel or bromance. Oh, or gotcha, These gotcha. These are all examples of what this is. Oh, I have no idea, Emily. <laughs> it is a portmanteau, portmanteau. <gasps> a portmanteau, portmanteau. Yeah. No, that's pretty good. Wait, Wait portmanteau is a blended word? A portmanteau also refers to like a blended word. Interesting. Okay, doke. Yeah. All right, Kyle. This one is like a quote that you're going to reiterate. Sure, sure, sure. Alrighty. Oh my gosh, the wire rod on that bicycle just talked. Oh God, Emily, I've never ridden a bicycle in my life. <laughs> I don't know anything about the parts of it. The wire rod. The wire rod? It would be the wire rod in the wheel. If oh, the spoke spoke. The spoke spoke. <laughs> All right, Kyle. So now what I need you to do, I need you to name this publication that I'm working on right now. Okay. It is a magazine that mm -hmm. summarizes how our bodies process food. What do you think I should call it? A digest digest. Yeah, I should call it digest digest. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Digest digest. Yeah. Man, that's actually really good. Oh my God. <laughs> how has no... Somebody must have done that. If they haven't, we're going to patent it. We're, Emily, you and I, we're going to write something about the stomach. That's right. You heard it here first, folks. If anyone else comes out with Digest Digest, know they stole it from us. They stole it from us, and we are owed millions in royalties. That's right. <laughs> All right, Kyle, last one. Last one. Last one. I, I need your help now with, I guess, a job title. Okay. I, I need someone to calculate the total number of snakes that I have. So what should I look for? This one's tough because I'm also not sure if you'll know this other definition. Okay. Ask this is boa, viper, uh, <laughs> constrictor, uh, uh, cobra. Uh, it might be easier to focus on calculating the total number of something. Okay. Count. Uh... Enumerate uh, head count. I have no idea, Emily. <laughs> so another word for a snake is an adder. An adder, adder. Oh, an of adder, course, adder. Emily. <laughs> an adder, adder. That's really good. That's my favorite one. An adder, Emily. That's so good. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh, Emily. That was that was a great game. That was a great word. I'm going to be well, looking up Kyle. what a squint window looks like for sure now. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll put them on Instagram along with Absolutely. pictures of uh, Scooby-Doo villains. Um, yes. But speaking of Instagram, yeah. we have an Instagram account at Butter No Parsnips Podcast where you can find content like that. We'll have some supplementary content for our episodes. We also have a Facebook account, Butter No Parsnips. So please follow That's us right. on both of those there. Yeah. 
And we are on a variety of listening platforms as well. If you liked today's episode, maybe give us a five-star rating or a good review wherever, whatever listening platform you're listening on. Um, And if you really liked today's episode, please consider donating to our Patreon account. That's patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. We've got exclusive content there for you to listen to, like our After Hours podcast, Buttered Parsnips. That's the finished meal. Mm -mm. Yes. (laughs) I have been Emily. I've been Kyle. And thanks for listening, y'all. Yeah. See ya on the next one. Squint ya on the next one. Squint it. See ya, but squintin'. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash butternoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.